You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode seven of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by the editor of the Western League Bulletin. It is Tom Hiscott. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, doing well, thanks. Yourself? Not bad. Not bad. Good. I am. Um, I, uh, I. I. I went and watched um, Shrivenham again this weekend oh, okay. in the old Hellenic League. I don't know whether I'm lining up a uh, a come and get me plea <laughs> from the Hellenic League. Are you up for joining me? If we can, if we can, Oof. if we can engineer a big money move, what do you I, think? Yeah, I mean, it might have to involve some involve some cash or something. But, I think yeah. so. We could do what Messi does, couldn't we? And we basically oh, yeah. just pretend that we're unhappy until yeah. until like the Wessex League or the Hellenic League come in for a you know with a big money move, or even the okay. Peninsula League. You know, I it's a very nice part of the world, isn't it? A come and get me, please, sort of thing. Yes. Um, but um, but well, I mean, we are. Well, I should say that I am joking because we are very happy. <laughs> yeah, entirely, and, I, yeah. <laughs> and I was very happy on Saturday. It was a, it really enjoyed my um, another trip to to Shrivenham, of course, home of Hoops Beer. Well, I say Hoops Beer. I mean they've got a beer named after the team, and the, the team is uh, is called the Hoops. I wasn't able, obviously, to get to a Western League game, um, which was a bit of a shame because actually it looked for a moment. I, I did think that Devizes were in danger of registering their first win of the season, and I wasn't there to watch it. Um, but um, unfortunately, that wasn't the case. And Tom has spared me the pain of going over um, mm. the match report for Devizes. But we uh, we do have plenty to bring you. Um, two interviews, of course. Uh, in the Premier Division, we speak to Stu Henderson, the manager of Tavistock. And in the First Division, um, it is a new boy. It's a new uh, person for the uh, for the for the podcast. It's Ryan Child because it's all child's play at Radstock Town now. Ryan has, uh, has has taken over, and they had a, a thumping win at the weekend. So I thought it was a good time. Time to, um, to to get uh, to get Ryan on, but we will kick off by looking back at the fixtures on Saturday, the seventeenth of October. We start um, at a game I think I described on last week's podcast as a as a bit of a local derby. It had the second highest attendance in the uh, Tool Station Western League on Saturday. It was the clash between Clevedon Town and Bridgewater Town. Yeah, and this one all came down to five minutes of um, yeah dominance for the home side. So Clevedon uh, running out two 0 victors. Uh, a a goalless first half uh, was followed by a really quick start to the to the second period from Clevedon. That's where they, yeah, managed to, to engineer the the goals which uh, gave them the points. Um, yeah, as I say, a real spark at the the beginning of the beginning of the second half. Jay Murray crossing for Mitchellsman, uh, who headed home uh, at the back post to break the deadlock really early uh, in the second half. Uh, and then a couple of minutes later, uh, it was Murray playing a one-two on the edge of the box with uh, the goal scorer Osmond. Uh, getting the ball back and then uh, placing the ball home. So those two, uh, Jay Murray and Mitch Osmond, um, yeah, playing a, a vital role in Clevedon's 2-0 win uh, at home to Bridgewater. Now, uh, we move on to your team, Tom, odd down. Um, uh, we were only discussing the other day how uh, impressed we were um, with, the, with the start that they'd made, particularly after a difficult season um, last season. But, um, well, it was the magnificent seven, wasn't it, turned mm-hmm. up in the form of Tavistock at the weekend? Yeah, uh, pretty comfortable away win. I think there was a couple of red cards for for Odd Down, so uh, a tough afternoon for them. But yeah, Tavistock, um, obviously one of the one of the stronger sides, I would say, uh, going forward this year. Uh, a seven-one, well, you'd probably call it a rout, couldn't you? Um, but Odd Down were on level terms after 15 minutes. Uh, Jake Reader, Lever, cancelling out Aaron Bentley's opener, 
Uh, yeah, but from then on, the Lambs really did dominate. Um, further goals in the first half from Jack Crago, uh, Josh Grant and Alex Cairo, uh, Cairo uh, putting them 4-1 up. Uh, and then, yeah, in the second half, they continued continued to attack and then pushed on and, and yeah, as you say, uh, grabbed, the, grabbed the seven. Uh, Archie Morris... Um, Given his given his marching orders for the home side and Tavistock pushed on. Uh, Jordan and here, Talon Burns and Luke Brown each adding uh, further goals. Uh, a magnificent seven it was, and I thought I'd catch up with Tavistock's very own Yule Brinner in the form of Stuart, Stuart Henderson. Uh, and I started off by talking to Stuart about how that result must have been the perfect response to that home defeat last weekend to Bradford Town. Any win would have been a good response because it's a difficult place to go. Um, we played particularly well. Um, it is a little bit frustrating sometimes. You don't know what. We've been a little bit Jekyll and Hyde this season. You're not quite sure what you're going to get. Um, can't always put a finger on why, but on Saturday we were particularly good. Um, I don't think odd downs did themselves any favours. You know, obviously they ended up getting two men sent off. You know, and it's probably a bit ill-disciplined at times. But you know, we did play very well, and you know, we had another goal disallowed and. You know, it was a very dominant display from start to finish. I mean, nobody saw last weekend's result coming, I suppose, apart from supporters of Bradford Town. I mean, have you got any idea where that performance came from? Um, not really. Um, don't get me wrong, we're missing key players. Um, we're missing key players, but, you know, we're a squad of, like, 16, 17 players. Um, you expect the players to come in and, um, and you know, want to make a statement, so... When those other players are back, they keep giving me and can selection headaches. And you know, not just them, but at the collective, we were poor. And that's why I told them, I don't want to take nothing away from Bradford because they came down near and deserved it. But, you know, at one all, um, we missed two really good chances, Luke Brown and Liam Print. And then the referee's given two, you know, real soft penalties. And, you know, when I say soft, I mean it's, one was laughable, um, but the referees seem to be, well, I don't fully understand it, but I understand from what people tell me that because there was a shortage of referees, a lot of the referees who refereed at our level last year have been pushed on to the league above. I'm speaking to other managers. We are just getting a lot of young referees, and I'm not one to criticise referees because obviously without them, you wouldn't have the game, um, but just felt that he was way out of his level. Um, and again on um, again on Saturday, the referee was very, very young. And I just think sometimes maybe they haven't got the experience that they possibly need to kind of manage at this level. Um, but, you know, it, it is what it is. But, you know, getting back to that game, we were poor. I didn't think that we did the... We didn't work hard enough off the ball. We weren't winning enough first and second balls. And... Bradford, you know, had a point to prove because, you know, they lost to XMF the week before. So, you know, we what we got what we deserved. And, you know, I say to the lads, you know, we're, you know, we're a team that works hard and, you know, likes to try and play the right way. Um, but without hard work, you've got nothing. And I felt that was lacking against Bradford. Um, but it was there in abundance against Ogdown. And, you know, I need that consistency each week if we're going to, we're going to do anything this season, you know? Well, yeah, because, I mean, you mentioned that you've been a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde side. So, I mean, consistency, I think, particularly this season, it's going to be, it's going to be critical for, for success, isn't it? Well, I think you've got, 
you look at the table. I mean, I say that. I mean, we've lost two games. We've lost at Exmouth, which I think, you know, I get on well with captains. You know, we have a bit of a laugh about it. But, you know, they play a certain style. And, you know, certainly when we went up there, you know, the grass was long, the pitch was difficult. But, you know, I've said to our players, you've got to be able to adapt. You know, in the winter, wherever you're playing, you're not going to always be able to pop it around on the floor. And you need to be able to adapt. And I felt that we got into too many physical altercations with them, which wasn't our style. And, you know, they play really well in the counter-attack. And, you know, actually caught us cold a few times, you know. Um, and, and then the game at Bradford. So I think apart from Plymouth Parkway, who, you know, have got, you know, a quality squad throughout. You know, they've got a lot of obviously ex-Southern League Premier players. Um, Leeds recruited well in the summer. Um, you've got the likes of us, Bitten. You know, I think we've all lost two, I believe. I think Buckham may have lost three now. Um, but, you know, we've all lost a couple of games. Exmouth, obviously, they've not played for a couple of weeks because of COVID. I think they've lost one game. Um, so it's almost like it's a scrap to second place. But, you know, who would have thought Parkway would have dropped two points at the weekend? And that's the kind of league it is. It's, there's no, there isn't massive differences between the um We beat Buckland 5-1, but anyone looking at the score think, oh, Tabby's had a great result. And it, yeah, don't be wrong, it was a great result. But one all, they, they hit the bar and, you know, the margins are quite fine. And all it takes is for you not quite to be on your game and you'll get turned over. Um, which does make an exciting league because it's difficult to call games. Anyone can beat anyone. I mean, obviously, you had a fantastic season last season. I mean, and you were, of course, sitting on top of the table when the COVID situation came in. I mean, have you been able to keep hold of uh, of your side from, from, from last season? Have you added um, at all in the close season? Um, by and large, Jordan and Nia went to Biddeford, but it didn't work out for him, and now he's back with us. Tyler Elliott wasn't with us last season. He was with us the season before. He went off to Tibby for a year. Um, he was kind of, you know, a fringe player for them. Um, so he's dropped down with us. Um, but we have had a lot of injuries. Um, Dan Evans, who, you know, I think outstanding at this level, he was waiting for a minor operation before COVID. And because of COVID, he hasn't even had the, um, the sort of like pre-op assessment yet. So we've missed him and we've had you know, Lewis Dorr has just come back. That was his first game in 18 months. Um, and we've had other injuries as well. So we've had more injuries um, than we've kind of ever had before. And speaking to some of the other managers, I think they're quite common because there was a layoff. And all you know, you did pre-season. Pre-season was quite disjointed because of the various restrictions in place because um, of the pandemic. And all of a sudden, you've got this rush of games and, you know, people's bodies aren't used to it after having those four or five months off, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's, um, it is by and large the same squad. I think, um, you know, Parkway are having a, a real push for it and are kind of, you know, don't want to talk about money because what everyone spends is down to the club, but they are a Southern League outfit. In the, in the Western League, you know, you look at the crowds, they have, you know, 200 plus every game. Um, obviously, that generates good revenue. Um, I think off the, off the pitch, 
you know, Mark and his team there have, have done it really well. They're a good set up. So I think they're all geared up to go up. And, you know, if two if it's two places up for grabs, I think it's going to be a, be a, re, a real big scramble for second place. And is that a scramble that you want or expect your side to be involved in? Um, I certainly want it. Um, if we don't, if we don't get some consistency, we won't be nowhere near it. We need to be better, um, and that's why I'm telling the players that we've lost two games out of eight already. Um, don't get me wrong; like I mentioned earlier, so have the other teams. I don't think realistically you can afford to lose more than four games all season. Um, but effectively, we've got two more lives. If we're if we're kind of serious about challenging at the top, it is difficult. You know, like our goalkeeper Josh. You know, he's manager for Babcock, so he's away now for long periods of time. And, you know, Warren, one of our other players, works there as well. So, you know, obviously work comes first. But, you know, so I'm not blaming it on unavailability of players because I know other managers have similar problems. Um, but, you know, for us, we need to be more consistent if we're going to mount any, any type of challenge. You know, on a day, you know, I thought last season, you know, we, we beat Plymouth Parkway, we beat a lot of the top teams around us and you know we felt that I think that we have 14 games left and nine of which were at home last mm-hmm. season so we felt that it was kind of between us Bradford and Parkway for the league and you know because they had more games than us I felt that sort of like our mm-hmm. fixture running we had the advantage especially with all the home games but that's gone now and um, it's another season and you know certainly I would like to manage in the Southern League and um you know, I hope that over the next couple of years I could get Tavistock there. You know, certainly doing my best. Um, not always easy on, on sort of like a limited budget and limited resources, but, you know, we work hard at it and I'm sure I'd hope that, you know, we'd be one of the teams certainly in the mix for, you know, the second second place spot, you know. Um, well, given that experience of last season, not not just you specifically, but actually the entire league, um, if we were put in that position again where the season had to be cut short, what would be your preference? Would you rather we suspended matches until we could go again, or would you prefer a points-per-game finish, or what, what even about the, the null and void option? Difficult. In last season, I really wanted to, you know, obviously where we were placed in the league, um, to obviously you know, do it on their points per game. Um, I think that's the only, you know, it, for me it's either got to be resumed at a later date or you do the points per game. But the problem is, is when it gets resumed at a later date, it depends how long the break was for, you know. Um, I think points per game is the only real fair way of doing it, you know. Well, you've got Wellington up next and then in one of the weird sort of quirks of fixture fate, um, you come up against Odd Down um, at the, the weekend. I mean, on paper, I suppose those two... Those two games look relatively straightforward, but that's probably what Plymouth Parkway thought at the weekend. Yeah, I think it's um, a difficult game. They, you know, they've, they've gone and beat. Um, sorry, they've gone and drew at Parkway, who are obviously the favourites for the league. Um, you know, and no doubt they're on a crest of the wave. And you know, I watched some of the highlights online, and you know, although Parkway had other chances, you know, so, so did Wellington. Um, it's a fair play to those boys. You know, they've come down and. You know, they've got a really good point there, and you know they'll be relishing they'll be relishing playing against us on Wednesday night. And you know, if, if we're not at it, we'll get turned over. Um, they turned they turned us over last season, and you know, there's no reason why they can't turn us over again. So, like I said at the start of the interview, there are no easy games. Um, you know, top can 
top can beat bottom, bottom can beat top. So, you know, we need to go up there and, you know, be prepared and it will be a difficult, you know, it will be a difficult game, but it's, all, it's about staying in the games and taking your opportunities when you're on top. One, one last question, Stuart, and that is um, you're still in the Vars. You've got Limington Town away at the end of the month. How far do you think you can go in that competition? Well, I don't think they've, um, don't think they've lost a game yet, have they? And um, they're, at the, they're at the same sort of like level as us, albeit in a different part of the country. Um, I don't honestly know, to be fair. Um, obviously, you would like to have a, you know, you'd like to have a good run in the competition. Um, but at the same time, the priority is to try and, you know, finish in the top two of this league. So we'll enjoy it. Um, realistically, are we going to win the FA Vars? The answer is no. Um, you know, I think that football in the in the northern part of the country is very very strong. You know, you've only you've only got to look at the Vars winners over the last sort of like four or five years. Um, it tends to be a team from the northeast. Um, so, you know, for us, yeah, we'll enjoy it. Yeah, we'll go up there and want to win. But, you know, obviously the bread and butter is the league um, and to try and finish in the top two. And my thanks to Stuart for his time. Now, moving on to Plymouth Parkway. Plymouth Parkway, we're at home. Biggest gate, another sellout um, at Belitho Park, 298. Um, um, I'm sure went along to this game against Wellington to expect another routine three points. Um, but it was anything but, Tom. Absolutely. I mean, Wellington, um, yeah, to their credit, they obviously had a really tough start. But the last couple of weeks, it really, really has picked up for them. And, well, this result is going to give them more confidence, isn't it? A two-all draw away at, away at Parkway, and it could have been more. Maybe should have been more. Um, yeah, took the lead uh, pretty early on. Would have would have given uh, Parkway a bit of a bit of a kick. Um, miles quick, uh, side foot the ball home. Uh, pretty early on, following a good run from Glenn Wright. Uh, but then Parkway managed to just about get back on level terms before the break. Ryan Richards uh, converting from the penalty spot uh, after a, a handball uh, inside the area. <clears throat> so that made it one all just towards the end of the first half. But Wellington managed to managed to, to rebound uh, really quickly, uh, going ahead in first half stoppage time. So eking out that half-time advantage, they'd, they'd look like they were going to have. Um, and it was Jesse Howe who yeah, managed to... to, to Fire the ball home after Dan Williams' effort had rebounded back off the bar. So uh, Wellington leading by two goals to one at the break, uh, and then yeah, with just seven minutes left, so they were they nearly held out for a pretty famous 2-1 victory. Uh, but it was Parkway, uh, obviously a uh, yeah tough nut to crack, uh, and they yeah maintained their unbeaten start. And it was another penalty. Um, Billy Palfrey fouled in the area, uh, and Richards stepping up once again uh, to tuck home the the equaliser. So. It, Finished, yeah, Plymouth Parkway to Wellington too. Big pat on the back there, though, for for Wellington. Mm. A really, a real standout yeah. result, a, a real coupon buster. If indeed we <laughs> uh, we did we did such things, please gamble responsibly, listeners. And if there was another coupon buster, well, probably probably not quite as big as the uh, the previous um, uh, game. Buckland, of course, have been in very good form of late. I mean, to be fair. Um, as have Roman Glass and George. So perhaps we shouldn't be um, too surprised that um, that Buckland's recent renaissance um, has, has, has hit the buffers slightly. No, indeed. And, uh, yeah, tough tough afternoon for them. They, yeah, suffered a 3-1 defeat at Roman Glass. Uh, Roman Glass, yeah, leapfrogging 
uh, Buckland in the process up into the top five. So yeah, pretty good, pretty good start for them. And they had to come from behind to do it. Uh, Ryan Bush, he's very much uh, the main man when it comes to goals for Buckland this season. Uh, yeah, he continued his excellent start and put them ahead. Uh, but uh, just before half time, uh, Ben Bamert finally managed to get the goal uh, that his um, yeah his his strong play uh, deserved, and uh, yeah made it one all at the end of uh, added time in the first half. So uh, set up a pretty decent second half, and it was Roman Glass who pushed on. Uh, six minutes after the interval, Ryan Radford slotting home uh, to give them their first uh, lead of the afternoon, and then Bamert uh, completed his double. He's obviously yeah, uh, pretty prolific so far this year, and uh, yeah, that continued on Saturday. So he uh, yeah scored the final goal and to cap a three-one win for for Roman Glass. If you're thinking Tool Station, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, Dewalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest, and Santex. Yeah. They do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Toolstation. With over 300 branches, there's always a Toolstation near you. So moving on into the first division, and we kick things off at Bishop Sutton. Now, Bishop Sutton are a side that um, struggled last season, but they've certainly been showing the green shoots of recovery um, at the start of this season, although they, they well and truly came off the uh, the rails at the, at the weekend at home to Radstock Town, a team who haven't enjoyed the best of starts. But, well, it was uh, we've, we've had the magnificent seven, Tom. This must have been the, the famous five. Yeah, absolutely. And five different goal scorers as well. So, uh, yeah, good afternoon for, well, brilliant afternoon for Radstock. Obviously, just, uh, yeah, 24 hours after announcing uh, the departure of their, their manager as well. So uh, probably a little bit bit of a surprising result. But, yeah, five different goal scorers. Uh, Sam Gregory and James Rustle there, uh, regular names on the on the score sheet uh, when Radstock do well. Uh, and there was also uh, further, further goal, goal scoring efforts from Omar Simpson, Rico Sobers and Morgan Skip. Uh, so yeah, well, a, a real, real, uh, real kickstart to, to Radstock's uh, uh, form, hopefully for them. Uh, yeah, but a tough afternoon for, for Bishop Sutton, who'd been so, yeah, been showing some some good signs early season. So it was a famous five for Radstock at the weekend. I was really looking forward to speaking to their manager, Nathan Farkerson. Um, we haven't had him on the podcast um, um, this season. Unfortunately, that privilege has been denied me because um, Nathan. Uh, took the difficult decision to stand down in the week. He's been replaced by uh, midfield general Ryan Child. And, uh, well, what a wonderful way to introduce yourself to the Toolstation Western League podcast and off the back of a of a five-goal win at the weekend. So I started off by asking Ryan, this management lark is pretty easy, isn't it? Not too difficult. Yeah, it was a good reaction from the lads. I think that, you know, that we're all very keen. Myself, Tom, has come on board Um to just set some standards, really, and then just go from there and, and hopefully kind of results come, um, for want of a better cliche. Um, but, yeah, it, it went well Saturday, but we've got a very long season, as we all know. Um, it's a good start, but we're certainly not kind of holding on to it really much longer than even if we lost, to be honest. I mean, was the nature of that victory a bit of a surprise to you then? Because clearly you haven't had a lot of time, you know, with the players. I mean, I suppose the big advantage for you is that you are a player it's certainly up until this week you have been playing in the in the squad so is it was it just a, a tweak here and a tweak there or have you is your philosophy sort of fundamentally different to the way you've been playing your football this this season even if it was fundamentally different and I think there are differences I've definitely tried not to 
give everybody too much information. So it has just been little tweaks so far, and I think slowly, slowly we'll kind of get there. The main thing was was the style of play that we wanted to do and how we're going to go about it in a very simplistic way. That we we've got such a talented squad. And it was just a matter of having very simple information put forward and then kind of going from there. You're right, it has helped. I, I know, you know, I've played with all the boys um, for a while now and I've done a lot of running around for Radstock Town. I think that's probably the starting point is to say, look, if you can run around as much as I used to, um, you know, I, you know that I wasn't really that good, but you know that I always I looked okay because I put the hard work in. So if you kind of start there, I think we'd all be okay. And, and that's what they did. They did just work very hard. Um, and that reflects in the result because it could have been 2-0 to, you know, to finish, but they pushed and pushed and pushed and didn't stop really till the 90th minute. So that was, that was probably the most pleasing thing about it. I mean, it's been a very swift um, turnaround for the club in terms of the, the, the managerial position. Obviously, Nathan only stood down. Uh, as manager last week. So, I mean, can you talk us through from, from sort of your perspective as a player one minute and a manager the next? Uh, what, what were the events of the last week like for you? Uh, well, kind of extreme panic set in on Monday when I was, or Tuesday when I was asked to do it. Um, then there was a game against Cheddar, which was fairly impossible to prepare for, anything like that. Um, had a pretty big squad. So I had to also say to players that I was playing for the week before, playing with, sorry, um, you know, we're not really going to be able to give you any game time, so you're going to have to find find that somewhere else. And that was probably the hardest part of it. And then it's just change, changing the mindset and also just thinking, well, hold on a minute, I'm 30. I was planning on playing this season and suddenly, is that me done then playing football? So that was, um, that was something I'm still kind of thinking about, actually. Um, and then it was just chatting to the players and being very honest with me and to be honest and saying, look, this is where we're going to need to work on something. Um, you know, maybe you're not not fit enough. Uh, maybe we've noticed this about you. And I'm just starting from being extremely honest with the lads. And it's difficult to kind of let people know that you're not going to be their kind of mate on the pitch anymore. Or you're not going to you kind of have to <laughs> separate away and say, look, I know that we kind of go out for a beer and stuff like that. And we've been playing, say, centre mid together for the last couple of years. But actually... You know, we're looking to get someone else in, or whatever. You know that that's uh, it's difficult. It's 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 difficult, but I, I guess you've just got to be you got to be honest with people from the start. I think that's you know that's what I'm going with. I'm not saying that it's gonna, it's the right thing to do, but that's going to be the starting point. You'd mentioned that you were obviously um, considering you know playing this season. Um, uh, so I mean, was was management something that you know you were thinking about sort of when you hung up your boots? Yes, definitely. So I've done my uh, UEFA B licence with the PFA um, a couple of years ago, and I've been coaching quite a lot. Um, I've coached with a couple of um, total pro soccer teams up in Chippenham and also down in Yate. And I've taken sessions before as well with the first team. So this is something I was looking at, and it's something I'm extremely interested um, in doing, always have been. But I just didn't expect for it to happen so quickly, to be honest with you. But I have to say that I'm I'm happy that it has. It, I was looking to do one or the other um, in the next couple of years, and this has just kind of sped it up, really. Um, you know, I've even read Pep Guardiola's book, taken nothing from it, realised that I'm a complete idiot. Uh, and, yeah, so it's something I've wanted to do for a while. I'm happy to be doing it, but it's a bit quicker than expected. I mean, it's been, it's been a funny old season for, for Radstock. 
this season. Obviously, with yeah. with Brett Partner standing down, I know he was very well thought of at the club. Uh, and and on the pitch, of course, you, you you know you really did look set for a top four finish last season. So you had the disappointment of missing out on promotion as well at the end of of, of last season. I mean, do you think that's added to the challenge that you you face at the club this season? It could do, it could do, but I think actually it's a way of us of, of us being motivated. To be honest with you, I think that a lot of the players that um, were at the club last year, and we've still got most of that team. Um, feel like we were hard done by on, on a number of occasions. I mean, you look at the fixture list and how many games we had to play um, compared to other sides. I think we played eight games. Is it more than that? Eight games in a month or something like that? Um, I mean, it was ridiculous. And then, of course, we were not put into the FA Cup and all these types of things are actually... I think it's really important that we, we actually get our backs up about it a little bit and say, well, OK, well, we're going to make a stand against this and, and make sure we make it happen this year because, you know, you can sit back and feel sorry for yourself, but what will happen is you'll just get beat and uh, and that's no good. So I think um, things like that, we're going to look to make that a positive, definitely. So given all the disruption that's going on this season and all the changes, where do you want this Radstock side to finish come the final knockings? Is it is a really stupid thing to say as high as possible? Um, it probably is, but we've got the, the talent in the squad to to get promoted out of this league. There's no question about that. Um, we have a very up and down start to the season, and that's not been helped with obviously the management changing and stuff like that so far. But we are going to look to kind of settle down a little bit, potentially add a couple of players, but certainly not add players that aren't kind of going to come and improve us. Um, and I, you know, I, I would be surprised if we're not in amongst it um, come the end of the season. We've already got um, caution to go back to. Um, we beat them 7-2 last year and then they, um, they invited us back down to their place and put kind of... 20 men behind the ball, uh, sat back and then got us on the break and beat us 2-0. Um, I'm not saying we're going to do that against them, but we've certainly got um, you know, a bit of revenge to get from them because it was, it was an embarrassment what happened to us against them early in the season. It hurt me personally. I was just so, so disappointed with it. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be building towards getting a result um, at places like that and going to Carl and, and these teams that consider themselves... Um, you know, hot prospects or whatever to get out of the league. Um, and we've got a game against Khan in a couple of weeks that I'm hoping with trade and we'll be ready for. I mean, looking at the league table, you're only four points off the promotion places. Now, I know we're, you know, this is still very early in, in the season, but it's not as if you've got a, uh, you know, you, you've got a, you've come in to do a firefighting job. You haven't come in to a team that's sort of adrift at the bottom of the table, you know, desperate for a win. Um, so actually, you know, mathematically, there is still um, every reason why you can be optimistic. And, I mean, I, I've been fortunate enough to be up, 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 at, up at the club a couple of times this season. And the work that's gone on off the pitch, uh, improving the facilities at Southfields, would suggest that, really, both on the pitch, if you look at last season's form, and off the pitch, you're a club that's really looking to start moving in the right direction. Yeah, and then they go ahead and point me, Ian. <laughs> They, um, the club's got massive ambitions, massive ambitions, um, and they've got an unbelievable um, kind of staff. They're volunteers, but kind of a you call them the staff really um, behind who work so hard, um, right from the chairman 
to all of the committee, really putting the work in with grants and getting the funding um, during COVID and stuff like that when the bar was closed and we weren't bringing any money in. Um, you know, we put, well, I say we, but loads of people put a lot of effort in. We had players, you know, back at the club doing all the flooring. This is a proper, you know, squad of players that are invested in the team, but also in the club. Um, and have really put the work in. And that's not just the first team, that's lads on the reserves um, and in the youth team as well. So, yeah, there's a real collective feeling behind the club, but it does start essentially with results with the first team as well. We need to get the club um, in the highest position it can possibly be in. So, yeah, it's it's going to be a process, but like you said, it's not like we're kind of suddenly firefighting. A couple of things need to be put right. A couple of players need to be you know, told exactly where we're going and, and if they want to come along for the ride, then that's great. And if they don't, we will we will just get other players in. That's that's the kind of... We're going to have to be ruthless in that regard. Um, but so far, the players have reacted unbelievably well. And I'm just excited to, to be working with them as a manager now. Um, might have to get on the pitch now and then, which um, should be interesting. But, um, yeah, it's, it's exciting times for the club, for sure. And we're, we are hoping to push on this year. Well, it's Portis head up next. Uh, now, they've had a good start to the season, um, but you yep. could go above them if you beat them. Um, so that's, that's going to be another important test for your side. Yeah, and Portis are a good footballing team. You know, they, they, they really knocked it about well last year when we played them. Um, I think we beat them 4-1, but they, they looked like a really good team. I think we got a couple of early goals. And, you know, that's always massive in this league particularly. But they they look like a good team. So we are not going to take anything for granted. Um, I mean, they're above us in the league. Again, it's about standards. We will do the basic things correctly um, every single week from now on. And then that means that we can just maintain a level. And we're hoping that that level is going to be good enough to beat most of the teams in this league, um, including Portshead on Saturday. Because then it's calm. And you've already mentioned that that's going to be a test. But you yep. think it's going to be a test that, you know, it's a nice problem for you to have? It's something for the boys to focus on? Of course, of course. Last year, our standards lowered sometimes. And then we played calm, beaten 2-0. And it was because we were so on it. Um, same thing happened with Bishop Sutton last year. They beat us 3-1. And we were, we were hurt by it, you know. We were really hurt by it. And then we went back, or they came to our place. And I think we beat them 3-0. And it's all about mentality. And again, that is a, that's a thing with this league. A lot of teams have good sides. Um, I was talking to Craig at, at Cheddar when they beat us on Wednesday, and you know, he was saying the same thing. They've got they've got really good players, but COVID has made it difficult for lads, you know, because they're, you know, some of them maybe not certain in their work, some of them trying to work out what's going on, maybe even with family members who are isolating. All these things have made it really difficult for teams, and so would, you know, there is a, a big mental side of it this year um, to get people right. And that's um, that's half the challenge. But you know, we're excited about Portishead. We're excited about Khan. I think we've got Longwell Green the week after. You know, anyone can beat anyone in this league, and we're just like I said, keep our standards high. And whoever we're playing, they'll just have to beat us. I think that's the big thing for us. Well, I'm looking forward to Boxing Day. I think that the uh, the game <laughs> between you guys and, and Welton Rovers this season um, could be an absolute classic. So um, um, that's probably a theme we'll be returning to closer to Christmas. But, Ryan, thank you very, sure. very much indeed for your time and, ve- and the very best of luck to you. Thank you, Ian. And can I just mention again that I should have got player um, man of the match in that game. You gave it to Lloyd Edgell, and I'll never let that die. All right, fair enough.
<laughs> let's, let's just say, well, don't make the same faux pas in an interview with you, eh? <laughs> That's it. I'll get, I'll get taken off anymore. air. And my thanks to Ryan for his time. Well, it was a pretty good um, it was a pretty good weekend all told for the, the sides from the Soma Valley because um, from Radstock Town we then go well we go to we go to Cheddar, um, but Welton Rovers uh, the victors five more goals here Tom but it was a bit closer this one. Yeah, and I think we can probably call this a five goal thriller. There was um, yeah lots going on uh, down at Cheddar and it was Welton uh, our new league leaders uh, who who ran out three two victors. Um, Cheddar did really well, coming back twice from 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 deficits against a, a team who are obviously uh, full of confidence. Um, so Danny Griffiths scoring their first equaliser at the back end of the first half, uh, but then yeah, Welton retook the lead after an hour. Jacob Watson scoring his first goal for the club, uh, but then uh, yeah, Watson went from hero to zero pretty pretty soon after. Uh, sent off uh, handling the ball on the line, uh, and it was a double whammy with uh, Cheddar. Um, yeah, putting. Cheddar's Callumham uh, converting the subsequent uh, penalty to make it two all. Uh, obviously going up against uh, a ten men as well for the final, final, uh, final few minutes. Um, but uh, Cheddar, yeah, gave the uh, gave the uh, ascendancy back uh, to their visitors. Unfortunately, a red card of of their own they suffered uh, to make it ten v ten. Uh, and then, yeah, I think it was the ninth minute of stoppage time. That seems to be the uh, the general consensus. Uh, Welton push forward, uh, and yeah, I mean the goal is available on on social media. It's pretty pretty unstoppable. Car box uh, driving driving the ball home from outside the area, coming uh, cannoning down and off 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 the bar uh, and into the back of the net. Um, obviously, wild scenes of of um, yeah uh, celebration there for Welton and uh, a three two win. And yeah, they continue to uh, yeah pick up rack up the points early season. Uh, a three two win for them away at Cheddar. Now, moving on to Oldland Abertonians. Uh, they came up against uh, Hengrove, and we haven't been talking about too many positive results for Hengrove this season, but they managed one at the weekend, Tom. They did, yeah. Uh, a second league win uh, for them this season uh, against Oldland, who've yeah been struggling themselves, uh, mm. both in the, the lower reaches of the division. But yeah, Hengrove picking up a, yeah, a, a victory. Uh, and it was two goals from Jack Jones. Uh, goal neither half for him. Uh, yeah, to give the the away side uh, the three points, so a two 0 win uh, for Hengrove away at Oldland. And finally, in the Premier Division, Portishead Town against Almondsbury. It was a close run thing here, Tom. Yeah, absolutely. And this this uh, this this game all was all about one man, I would say. Stuart Wood uh, saved two penalties uh, for Almondsbury whilst um, yeah t- to keep his side uh, in the game. Um, at the end of the first half, uh, making his first save. Uh, after he'd hauled down a, a Porter's Head uh, attacker, uh, they they did actually fall behind at the beginning of the second half. So Porter's Head, um, yeah, probably the the dominant side at that period, and then getting another penalty uh, pretty soon after. Uh, but he again managed to 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 keep it keep it out. Um, you know, if those both had gone in a three nil uh, lead for the home side, and you'd probably be looking at a different result. But Almondsbury, um, well, absolutely capitalised on those two um, saves. Um, and Woods heroics and, and pushed on and managed to, to grab a, a 2-1 win. Ashley Knight beating the home keeper uh, after being played through by Dan Lane to, to level the scores. And then the away side, yeah, racked up a, a, a pretty famous win. Uh, ten minutes uh, left on the clock. Uh, Matt Davis squaring the ball for Stuart Alexander, uh, who slipped the ball home. So uh, a 2-1 win for Almondsbury. And yeah, amazing performance in, in goal by Stuart Wood. 
Now, we'll look ahead to the up-and-coming fixtures. Um, we'll really focus on um, the games taking place on Saturday, the 24th of October. And starting in the Premier Division, Tom, which, um, which game has caught your eye here? Gone for Roman Glass uh, against Bradford. Roman Glass, obviously, uh, yeah, uh, up into the top five, as we said, beat, uh, beat Buckland on the weekend. Uh, and Bradford not doing too bad uh, of late. So, uh, yeah, it should be a, a half-decent game between those two, I think. Excellent. I'm going to go for a, a, another top-of-the-table clash. Um, perhaps two teams that we didn't really expect to see riding quite so high this early in the season. Street, who are currently second. We're going to look at the tables in a minute. But um, Street currently second, taking on um, Westbury, who lies seventh. Um, but with this victory, actually, Westbury could go above Street. So both sides with plenty to play for. I'm sure it'll be very, very competitive. And, um, uh, yeah, I reckon that's where my money's going in the Premier Division uh, this weekend. And moving on to the First Division, Tom, what, what game has caught your eye there? Well, I've gone for Welton Warminster. I had to pinch this one from you because I knew you'd be talking about it. But, yeah, <laughs> Welton, obviously, as, we, as we've as uh, touched on, the new league leaders uh, at the time of recording, uh, still unbeaten after eight games, six wins, uh, first team to reach 20 points. Uh, yeah, and they take on a Warminster side who obviously, I think, started with three wins, came off... Came out of form a little bit, but yeah, another victory for them uh, on the weekend. And uh, yeah, they'll obviously be up for it uh, and a trip to, to West Clues to take on Welton. So that's uh, yeah, my pick of, the, pick of the day's games, I think. Well, you've done me a bit of a favour there, actually, because you, you give me an opportunity to um, talk about Cheddar against Khan. Of course, Khan, we all know how well they're doing. Um, unbeaten, six wins from six games. Uh, and Cheddar, a bit of an in-and-out in and out season, um, made probably a bit more complicated by the, the loss of their... Uh, the long-serving manager, Sean Potter. Sean's been absolutely fantastic for us on the podcast over the years. Always comes on. Lovely chap um, to um, to meet around um, the grounds, as I have done on a number of occasions, certainly um, following First Division football, as I do. So I was sorry to see that he's, he's stood down. Um, and I know that the club have released a very... Um, a statement that shows just how highly he was thought of there and how appreciated he was for his time. So um, I, would be, I wouldn't be at all surprised if Cheddar want to put on a show for their former manager and who better to do it against than Khan Town. Now, as I did briefly um, in, uh, suggest uh, only moments ago, we are going to have a look at the Premier Division standing. So I suppose we'll start at the top of the Premier Division, Tom. And the real question is, have Plymouth Parkway secured mathematical promotion yet? <laughs> Not quite yet. A 10-point lead, though. Um, they have played um, more than most of their, I'm not going to call them title rivals because we're very early on, but most of the early season uh, top sides, they've played 11. Uh, they've won nine of those and, uh, yeah, they've drawn a couple, obviously. Nice he nice hefty goal difference of 29. Uh, and they also sit on 29 points. So they have got, uh, yeah, well, they've obviously made a, a brilliant start. A uh, slight blip on the weekend, so maybe maybe signs that, that a couple of sides could catch them if they uh, win and there's definitely a chasing pack uh, taking play uh, yeah, make, um, get, getting ready there street in second uh, they've played 10 so less than partway by one and they're on 19 points uh, and then four sides on 18 at the time of recording we've got Bitten uh, Clevedon Roman Glass and Buckland who've all played a, a varying amount of games from about 8 to, to 13 so yeah, not quite on, on, on level terms on that sort of front are we uh, but um, yeah they're all on 18 points uh, and then just looking a little further down, I think Exmouth will be um, yeah, happy with how they've started. Obviously, six games played. They've won five of those and they're on 15 points. So I think they've had quite a few cup ties and obviously a couple of couple of recent um, postponements, abandonments, um, whatever you want to call them. So, uh, yeah, uh, as I say, yeah, as you, as you mentioned, Parkway, 
uh, very much out in front at the moment. And looking at the foot of the Premier Division, there's a little bit of a gap starting to um, form between Brislington in 18th and the bottom three. Hallen in 19th, uh, they've played 10, they've got three points. The same number of points as Bridport, who've played um, three games less uh, than Hallen. They've, Bridport have only played seven. And Chipping Sodbury at the moment, um, without a win in the uh, in the league, uh, on two points, two draws there from their first seven games. So that wraps up the Premier Division. And this is the moment, Tom, that all the Green Army have been waiting to hear <laughs> all everybody's been talking about in the first division uh, is how well Corsham are going to do and of course Khan have thrown um, that cat amongst the Wiltshire pigeons by um, by starting their un, uh, with an unblemished record themselves Ashton and Backwell of course have been the leaders for some time but it's not any of those sides who currently lead the first division Tom who is it it is Welton they yeah their last cast victory on the weekend propelled them <laughs> to top spot, uh, eight games played. That was their sixth victory. Uh, and they, yeah, as I said, they are the first team to reach 20 points so far this year. So Welton sit top at the time of, uh, yeah, us speaking uh, on the 19th of, of October. Don't know how long it will last. Hopefully for their sake, it will be a little while. Um, but yeah, Ashton and Backwell dropped down a spot after their uh, their draw on the weekend. They've played eight as well. Uh, that was, uh, yeah, their first draw of the season. In fact, they're on 19 points, one behind Welton. Uh, you've then got Carl, who you mentioned, uh, six wins from six. Uh, they're on 18 points. Uh, when Canton, they've played a few more. They've played 10 matches. Uh, they're on 16 points, but uh, yeah, a promising start for them. And then the other, the other side with a, a, per, a perfect record uh, so far, we've got Caution. We've got five, five games played, five victories, uh, 15 goal difference, which is the the best in the division. And they're also on 15 points. So uh, yeah, a couple of sides, a uh, little, little low uh welton but uh with with perfect records who can certainly <laughs> yeah do a little bit of do a little bit of catching once the uh, once the fixtures catch up but it is welton who uh yeah lead the way at the moment well i've, I've just realized i've given myself the job of, con- of of looking at the bottom of the first division which is it's depressing reading for me really poor mm-hmm. old doctor devises at the bottom of there in 20th played seven one point um, but I'm I'm feeling more optimistic than I did the other day. I mean, yep. you know, you know they, they they put in clearly a good performance against Wincanton, and uh, they've got Bishop Sutton up next. And you know, I'm not saying Bishop Sutton are a bad team, but you know, you've got to have hope, haven't you? Otherwise, it will drive a man insane. So they say. Right. Anyway, Longwell Green second um, to bottom there on uh, they're, they're, they again like devices only got a point from their opening eight games and uh, and then we've got Bishops Lydiard and Oldland Abertonian sitting on three and then there's a three point gap up to Sherborne. Of course, we know how good um, Sherborne have been in recent seasons. Clubs like Hengrove as well now picking up wins. Uh, I mean Cheddar are in thirteenth uh, on nine points. So uh, I think there's probably a gap beginning to form. Um, from 16th um, um, down, um, but we'll have to wait and see. Long, a, a lot of football left to be played, Tom. Mm. All of which we will be talking about on the Tool Station Western League podcast, I'm sure. Um, we have been talking about your excellent bulletin. Where can the uh, where can the listeners find that? That's on the yeah, it's on the homepage of the uh, the Western League uh, website. It's, yeah, just a little little scroll down, and uh, yeah, you can read the latest edition, which generally comes out. Uh, Sunday morning, Sunday lunchtime. So that's uh, on the on the homepage of the uh, the the new look toolstationleague.com Western League uh, uh, website. Excellent, Tom. Thank you very much for your time. Pleasure. What an episode we've had this week. We've had the magnificent seven. We've had the mm-hmm. famous five, and that's all at a time when we're very conscious of the rule of six. There you go. 
um, a bit of numerical topicality there to finish. You have been listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast.